Damaging storms have hit us over and over. Shamrock is leading up the recovery effort. Get a free inspection and if need be, we'll repair or replace your roof while working with your insurance company to set your mind at ease. One call does it all. Shamrockroofer.com. Sports Radio 810 WHB NFL Draft Preview Show continues here on, believe it or not, Sports Radio 810 WHB. I'm Joshua Briscoe, Rudy Salazar on the other side of the console here in the studio. Beards McFly on the other side of the glass. And mercifully, we now get someone uh, smarter, talented, more talented, more informed, uh, more handsome than all three of us combined. Nate Taylor of The Athletic and, of course, of the Times Ours podcast joins us now. Nate, good to talk to you. It's been uh, hours since we last spoke, so this is really refreshing. <laughs> yes, it's, uh, it's great to be a part of the show. Uh, appreciate you having me on. And, yeah, I mean, we're here, right? Like, <laughs> tomorrow, they're going to actually, like, select players after months of me you know, typing things that virtually became irrelevant about, I don't know, four days ago. Yes. <laughs> yeah, 100%. That's the world that we currently occupy, is that our, our entire livelihoods change dramatically every three days. Uh, but, you know, listen, I think maybe the biggest thing we could probably all agree right now, I'm not even sure the Chiefs draft matters, because the Broncos now have a franchise quarterback. So... <laughs> yes. Um, quarterbacks? I mean, yeah. maybe, maybe we have two franchise quarterbacks. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, well, I was gonna say maybe we strike out the the, the, the franchise part, but hey, <laughs> you know, I, I want Denver, and this has kind of been floated out, and even our own uh, Broncos reporter Nick sort of mentioned this, like, hey, there's there's legitimate quarterback competition now. Because you would add a third guy, you, 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 you want to go get a you go get a third quarterback, make things really frisky. Um, but yeah, like just. What a weird draft season, and guess what, kids? It, it took it took some years. In 2018, I didn't know a single thing about a single player because I started working for the Athletic literally on draft week. 19, it was like, okay, I kind of have an idea. 2020, whoa, that was just a weird process because we were all trying to understand the pandemic. And now, year four, I, I actually know uh, what I'm doing, what the team should do, and like what various other NFL teams should do. So, been a long process but i'm glad we're we're finally here and you know i guess people are gonna hug roger goodell because i haven't <laughs> seen that in like two years i i feel the exact same way by the way about like this year i feel like really prepared i kind of thought i felt prepared last year like i kind of knew you know where i was really at and you know i was doing some of the draft show stuff here and and feeling pretty good about the guys we're talking about and like i knew that i wasn't thrilled about the fact that i was getting tased and the fact that the chiefs <laughs> were taking a running back but like right now I feel like I could I could be the little Mel Kiper vignette that gives you 45 seconds on just every single player in the top 50. I got something. If I don't have something, I can make it up. Right, exactly. I mean, you know, go through the whole well of, you know, concerns here as you see here. Yep. You know, uh, doesn't give the maximum effort mm. every play. Like, that was a, such a thing in, like, the early 2000s. You know, he doesn't play hard on every snap, yep. you know, because he's, he's a human being. You know, <laughs> <laughs> these aren't robots. Like, you know, this year it's going to be like, you know, some team had questions about his medical The medicals. Yep. Not sure if he went to the combine. Hey, he honestly got COVID like six days ago. Yep. But, hey, you yep. know, these are, these are issues that they're going to have to work through in year one uh, with whatever system he comes into. Or 
you know, the one that I personally love is you can see what he does on the field. You can translate it to the playbook. You know the coaches have talked to one another. Insert college coach here has a great relationship with the NFL coach. Why? You know, just just piece it all together. You can see the thought process as to why they selected this player. Great pick. It's going to work out in four years. Hopefully he's on the same team that I just praised him about for 40 seconds. Right. Yep. That's exactly it. There you go. There's the there's the, the magic behind the curtain. There's the wizard. Uh, but I, uh, I want to talk about, obviously, what we're looking forward to here momentarily. But I also want to dig into the story that came out uh, this morning on The Athletic where uh, we, spend, we spend 45 seconds talking about how this dude's going to be a player in four years. And sometimes that player ends up being Patrick Mahomes. And sometimes that player ends up being everyone else from that <laughs> Chiefs draft class. Uh, you went back and revisited the 20. 2017 draft and uh, had a lot of good, a lot of good quotes and a lot of good conversations with guys like our friend Eric Eager and uh, yep. and, and what it what it, first of all actually I don't I, we didn't talk about this on Times Ours today why did you decide to, to go that route why why was the uh, the little oral history of 2017 draft on your mind yeah well you know we do these brainstorms that, and I'm sure they do it at ESPN with their NFL Nation reporters but you're trying to think of like okay if there's a look back story that we could have you know, as it sort of relates to this upcoming draft, the better. Um, and so I just felt like, you know, again, and this sort of is both personal and just, you know, whatever you find fascinating, I'm sure, you know, fans will find intriguing too because obviously you look at the information and you go, okay, these guys are on four-year rookie contracts outside of the first-round draft pick because they have the fifth-year option, which, by the way, kids, Everybody looked up and was like, ooh, cap going down. We in a pandemic still? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to pick up that fifth-year option. I don't care who you are. Yep, you that's know? true. So, so you learn all this thing. You learn all these things, and you're like, okay, well, what's interesting here with the Chiefs is, wow, uh, you just – and we talked about this in text messages, Josh. You just type in Chiefs draft, and Google's like, yep. I got it from here, dog. Yep. Pro football reference. <laughs> yes. I have the tab open now. I've had it open for, for three months. <laughs> Right, here's here's all the draft history I got for you, player. And so you look at it, and it's like, oh, okay, the guys in bold, they're they still on the roster. Wow, there's nobody else in bold outside of Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> and so all of a sudden it becomes a question where I ask myself, man, how often does this happen, you know, especially four years after the fact, where it's yeah. just like, okay, it's only one guy who's still on the team. Because if, if, if every NFL team was doing that for consecutive years, their roster would be a wasteland. Yeah. Um, and so that was sort of the that was sort of my intro. And then I started asking people how rare this is. And it's like, hey, it's actually kind of rare, especially when you add the fact that they got the best player of the draft that year. Yeah. <laughs> like, hands down, like, the draft is only success because they moved heaven and earth to get Mahomes. Obviously, they moved up 17 spots. The Bills somehow didn't see what the Chiefs were doing. They picked Mahomes, the Bills. You know, basically have to take Tredavious White, who's really, really good, but they obviously made their own decision in the next draft to be like, well, we can't be look what they did. We got to go get Josh (laughs) Allen. So within all of that, I asked Daniel Jeremiah, who gave some really insightful answers to the idea of like, hey, by and large, you would like to have three to maybe four legitimate starters in any draft class. The Chiefs have one. Um, They have it at the most important position in the sport, which is great. But that that honestly was what drove all of this. And then I think fans tend to forget just because, again, we're all human beings and they're not looking 
at Pro Football Reference as much as we are, Josh. <laughs> but I think fans tend to forget that. Wow, 2017, it was the best draft class ever. And then you go, but nobody after one matters because they're yeah. not on the roster anymore. And it's just it's just rare, whether you think of the Kareem Hunt stuff. I mean, Tano Pasno should have been the guy to get that second contract with the team, but he was so lacking production last year that it, that it just made sense for him to move on and go to New Orleans. But uh, And we mentioned this in Times Arts just a little bit. But the ultimate conclusion is, can they make another draft class where it's this much gambling involved, or do you need to be more conservative and play it safer so that you don't have a similar draft class moving forward, as obviously Patrick Mahomes' interest is prime and the you know, most gargantuan contract in the sport in terms of the, you know, the tenure extension. It's also funny because I, I mean, like I hadn't thought we, we had conversations around here recently about like trading up for McCole Hardman instead of waiting until your draft pick when maybe you could have picked Hardman, maybe it would have been DK Metcalf who was there, right. maybe it would have been Terry McLaurin, like you would have had your options, right? But we never talk about the fact that they traded up for Jehu Chesson, like that that one, that one went by my head a little bit. I, he was a fourth round pick, and they traded up for him. They traded up for Kareem Hunt. They traded up for Ukemi Ligway. They traded up for three straight dudes in a row there, like. It was it was a very aggressive draft with that sort of gambling, and and I think you're right that that's overshadowed. I think because of Mahomes, obviously, and because of the fact the 2018 draft was basically the 2017 draft minus Patrick Mahomes, and so that <laughs> one got our ire. Yep, and and the idea too that like, hey, the reason you're not in a great position in 2018 is because again you 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 traded the first round pick to get Mahomes. Everybody would do that. Ten times out of ten, yep. but hey, hey, man, just just stay patient. Just stay patient. Brad Feech will not show you patience on draft day, mm-hmm. so you go and get realist things, and that puts you in a terrible position <sighs> to some degree. Yep. Which shout out to Eric Eager. The more I talk to him about this, the more he sees. And look, the, all these things have ripple effects, and you just you won't know the full picture up until about three to four years after the fact, right? So whatever the Chiefs do Friday and Saturday. You know, assuming they don't trade up into the first round. (laughs) You know, whatever they do Friday and Saturday, that's going to have massive impacts on 2024 and 2025 because if Kareem Hunt uh, just stays in the the Cleveland hotel room, just Mm. just stays in the room, Mm -hmm. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is not on this team. If if Tano Passanio works out to any degree, Maybe Breland speaks. Maybe you don't have to. Maybe you don't feel the need to go get Breland speaks to to move up eight spots in the second round of the draft. Or you're not wasting. You're not using the first round pick in nineteen. Uh, to uh, 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 I heard that. I heard you say wasting, and I'm going to make you stick to it because I think that was bold. <laughs> you, you you are. See this this kid is why I'm a writer because you could you could delete that and find a better word choice. Spending, um, you're not spending your first you're round not, pick. Yeah, you're not spending your first round pick on Frank Clark. And I tend to agree with Eric Eager, who says in the story, and again, people should read it on the Athletic. I mean, the entire Frank Clark contract comes down to one month. Yeah, one month of production. It was in the postseason. He has the most postseason sacks, I believe, in Chiefs history. Was five. Right in a championship run, and um, it was worth the money. And, look, he's still not like an old man. He can still be productive, obviously, this upcoming season because he's going to have to based on the contract structuring. But all these things lead to other decisions that you have to make. You know, the idea of, hey, 
Eric makes this point, and I can't really refute him. If you don't have to spend the first round pick on Frank Clark, maybe you draft a tackle. Yeah. Twenty nineteen. Yeah. And you don't have to draft a tackle in twenty twenty necessarily. That's Lucas Yang, and of course, of the circumstances, maybe he doesn't opt out. Maybe that player is already on the roster for a year. Maybe that player can be like, you know, a better bridge if Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher go down. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case. So you got to cut those two guys who are still really productive, but obviously had you know ramifications of their injuries. And now we, you just, you just, you are band-aiding or just completely ripping body parts apart, yeah. so that you can do it two years later to the other part of the body uh, to keep this thing, you know, obviously thriving under Mahomes's under Mahomes's era. Yeah. Because if that first round pick doesn't go to Clark, and, and instead that becomes a tackle, and maybe you're even even if it's still a, a similar process to this year, well, you have that tackle there. And you're not trading for Orlando Brown, or uh, and not that not that you know that won't work out, but that your prices go down whenever you get it right through the draft. It's I, I think that ripple effect is is the most underrated part of this conversation at this point because we all know that great players coming out of the draft and playing for your team on rookie contracts are super impactful. But even guys like we don't know. Let's let's say one Thornhill tears his ACL in week one instead of week seventeen of his rookie season, or he doesn't pan out for whatever reason. Maybe the Chiefs have to spend another big chunk of salary cap space to put somebody really good as a deep safety option beside Tyron Matthew. Like those, we we never think about what those things would have cost because the pick worked out. But we we should be I think spending more time. Thinking about the inverse, like you just laid out, where hey, look at look at how this pick going this way could have changed five or six impact players on this roster. Yeah, yeah, it's true, and I'll, I'll give two more examples. You know, in terms of the context for this year, um, okay, you've traded for Orlando Brown. Mm-hmm. That means probably shouldn't take a shouldn't take an edge rusher. You should probably call Melvin Ingram back mm. and just say, hey, man. Uh, let's make this work. Mm-hmm. Here's how much cash space we have. You know, what are you willing to do? How much incentive base can we put into the structure? Like, you know, maybe a guy falls, and mm-hmm. that's obviously in the best possible scenario for the Chiefs. If a guy falls to the number 58th pick, which was obviously a part of the trade with the Baltimore Ravens to get Orlando Brown. If that doesn't happen, as Brett Veach said, on his Zoom press conference before making, you know, another trade, you have to stay disciplined. Yeah. And that's going to be for Clark Hunt, Andy Reid, and obviously Brett Veach. Like, how disciplined can you be if you know you need to still fill a need? It's not, you know, it's not gigantic, but it is a serious one. Do you want to stay disciplined and say, hey, let's look at receivers, let's look at linebackers, let's look at tight ends, more prospects who are able to help you now versus reaching yet again, which will beget another reach in two years if yeah. things don't work out. And then the second thing that I always like to remind fans is they make the they make the trade for Frank Clark. It is the correct move at the time because if you look on pro football reference, there ain't <laughs> nobody who was good after the 23rd pick, right. whatever pick they gave up in order to get him. So they made the correct move there. And the whole season on defense came down to not only Frank Clark being successful, not only Tyron Matthew being successful, not only the cornerbacks kind of holding up and, and really outperforming the expectation of that year. It was the linebackers, Josh. Hmm. If Damian Williams, excuse me, if Damian Wilson, Anthony Hitches, or Ben Neiman gets hurt, that team is you know what bleak. <laughs> but they all stayed healthy, 
And it was it was the it was the gamble and the threading the needle that everybody forgets because mm. they were able to get Terrell Suggs that yeah. year, even though Ogba went down. They were still able to find positions uh, to help them in case of injury. But the one position where uh, people in the organization told me is, "Lots riding on Ben Neiman right now." <laughs> and look. Shout out to Ben Neiman. He played really well in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. He pressured, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo into another incompletion. Chris Jones plays out of his mind. Frank Clark gets another closing sack. And the linebackers stay healthy. And although people want to dog Anthony Hitchens because of his contract, him staying healthy the entire 2019 season was super pivotal because there were no legitimate linebackers available to just plug and play if someone got hurt. And the whole situation changes for Steve Spagnuolo, but nobody remembers that just because they stayed healthy. And that yeah. leads to your point. If you got to draft these people, man, not only do they need to work, they need to stay healthy, they need to be productive, they need to make wise decisions on and off the field. And, you know, uh, that's a lot to ask someone in their 20s when you're doing this over and over again year after year. Uh, sometimes Seth Kaiser and I have joked both to you and absolutely behind your back about how about how sometimes you will you will telepathically tell us all something you, you know in in times ours or in a radio segment or or in a in a particularly worded text who knows where you you're you're, you're trying to you're trying to do a little telepathy and say hey guys hey let's you hear what I'm saying here. And, and Nate, you brought up linebackers a good number of times these mm-hmm. last couple of weeks, and I'm just mm-hmm. I'm just choosing to believe that, that there are not that many coincidences in this world. It's also funny the way you lay all that out. Uh, this year, it won't be uh, Ben Neiman and uh, and and Anthony Hitchens and uh, Damian Wilson. It'll be those two guys and Willie Gay, who yep. did get hurt, was not ready to be a starting linebacker last year. It seemed for any number of reasons, whatever you could have probably asked Spags. You know, we we all saw that. But you're still talking about that that depth chart being exactly three dudes deep because uh, mm-hmm. Darren Lee's not here anymore, Damian Wilson's not here anymore, and and frankly, Willie Gay has not shown that he's ready to be an impactful starter. I think he's talented as hell, and I'm still super hopeful in the way that I was also really hopeful about Dorian O'Daniel for uh, right. longer than the Chiefs were. And, and so I'm I'm optimistic about Willie Gay, and I feel pretty good about Anthony Hitchens, even though that contract is pretty beefy. He, he, he was worth it last year. Um, I have to imagine that they're going to add somebody there. I don't know if it's going to be at the top of the depth chart or at the bottom of it, but there's room for one legitimate linebacker to get some playing time on this roster who's not currently on it right now, yeah? Yes, correct, correct. And there are still some options in terms of free agency if they don't select someone Mm. high, right, with one of these first two draft picks. I I get that. Um, But in terms of club control for four years, yeah. They kind of need to to see if somebody is there that they like that they think is, you know, based on their draft evaluation and their grade of that prospect. Does it fall in line with second either of the second round picks? Right. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's it's. Let's just say there's better cornerbacks and wide receivers with that fourth round pick. Mm-hmm. That's what most people would suggest to you. I have no reason to refute them. Mm-hmm. So linebacker becomes in play, and I think, in that second round because let's run through the scenarios real quick. Uh, you hope all five quarterbacks go in the first round. Yep. 
you hope all the edge rushers go in the first round because wisely there ain't no more after the first round, kids. Mm. Um, that really make an impact usually. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be a couple cornerbacks, a couple tackles, right? Um, some receivers, you know, Cal Pitts. That gets you to about 40 prospects. And now it's what does it go from 40 to 58? Mm. And how does that shave? What is the run on that position? You know, linebacker isn't particularly deep, which is why I think it may fall in the Chiefs' favor. But, look, there's there's a reason to be made for how old is Anthony Hitchens? I'm not near a computer right now, but I think he's close to 30, right? I think, yeah, he's 28. He'll, turn, okay. he'll, he'll be 29 when the next season the starts. The season starts, yeah. yeah. So you're getting the last of his 20s this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he becomes somewhat expendable from mm-hmm. a contract structure as the salary cap, we hope, gets back to its normal uh, levels, you know, if we have fans in the stadiums this upcoming season, um, it's it's about time, you know, for different reasons, as I would always tell people, it's about time for them to get a tight end because mm-hmm. at some point, Travis Kelsey's 31, and yes, tight ends age a lot graceful, more graceful than linebackers usually do. Mm-hmm. But I think for both of these positions, you can see a clear understanding as to like, hey, it's better to start it now than later because what you have to do if you start later, you have to start reaching whether with trades or with draft picks in future years, and that doesn't that just doesn't bode well unless you absolutely get that prospect right. And as we <laughs> discussed in 2017, you only did it right on one of the six picks. Yeah, I I am. I'm very curious also to see. We've talked about the gambles of the developmental guys. It's also I don't want to I don't want to you know um, project the idea that there's such a thing as a sure thing like fifth round or sixth round pick you know because right. Mike Dana is one of those dudes where you say like he's he he seemed relatively pro ready but doesn't have a super duper high ceiling and all of those cliches that we use all the time but man if Mike Dana would have gotten out there and gotten run straight over back to the sidelines by the first tackle that touched him it wouldn't have surprised me he's a fifth round pick you just you just don't know sometimes but I'm I'm really interested to see how the sort of the tenor of this draft class sort of points. Do you have a, a hunch at this point? Or do you think it's going to be trying to find guys that are able to to step in and, and benefit this team in the immediate? Or is it going to be more of a forward-looking view where we say, hey, we don't think we have a whole lot of holes on this starting roster right now, but as Anthony Hitchens ages out of the contract, as they maybe end up moving on from Frank Clark, as you find them rebuilding this offensive line, they might all, all of their guards, except for Joe Tooney, are free agents after this year for the most mm. part. Um, what what are you expecting o- over the course of this weekend? Yeah, I, the hard thing is, it, can, can any of us say with clear confidence that they're going to keep these two second round picks? No. Like, <laughs> that's just the fun part about it. It's like, it's like can, you, can you just stay where you are? But look, they not going to do that. We all know it. It's <laughs> so much fun. Okay, so let's say they, let's say they stay at 58. You could take a center or a guard, like you mentioned, Josh. I think mm-hmm. that would be reasonable. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we've discussed linebacker. Tight end gets to be a little bit of like a luxury pick, but like, sure. like I think a lot of people in Kansas City are starting to turn on that, you know, that that that, that Tommy Tremble tape. Yes, it's kind of, it's kind of <laughs> fire. It's kind of fire because they could they could mash dudes with Joe Tootie, Orlando Brown, and Tommy Tremble. Like that, that's just. Ooh, good luck on the left side uh, trying to run stop. 
Uh, and look, he's got some athletic hands, and, and, and he seems to be a guy that's an ascending player. But I think you're right, Josh. I mean, what you would hope is that whoever they pick in the second round has a similar track to Juan Thornhill and McCall Harbin. Guys on both, one guy on each side of the ball who Juan Thornhill came in and started immediately because they only had Dan Sorensen left on the roster after the Eric Berry chasm. Mm. Um, and for, you know, McCall Hartman, here's your role. You do it really well. Are you improving that role as the year goes on? And, man, we really got something. Mm. And that was clearly the case. I think that's what you're hoping for now where it's like, I'm not asking you to get a starting center, but that center could maybe be taken in the second round and compete for a starting spot in training camp. Or, hey, maybe this linebacker is someone that's going to be a rotational player that's going to get better as the year goes along alongside Willie Gay so that those are your cornerstone pieces for future seasons beyond 2021. Um, you could say the same thing about cornerback if you, if you really feel like there's somebody there that you know, deserves that pick based on the grade. Now, here's something that you and I both know, Josh. I didn't know who Mike Dana was last year when they picked him. <laughs> I literally didn't know he existed. And this kid is the difference between me this year and last year. Yes. They're going to they pick somebody in the fifth round this year or in the sixth round, whatever. And I'm actually going to know who that is because I've, I've, I've just had more time to research. And, again, the more you do something, the better you should get at it. Yeah. They picked Mike Dana last year, and I was like, what the hell are they doing? Yep. Like, <laughs> like, What? For who? Yep. And I was like, I didn't even know he played at Michigan. Yep. You know, and then you go, and then you talk to the area scouts, and even the area scout doesn't help you. It's like, <laughs> like just some inside information, kids. Like when they pick somebody on Saturday, they usually give you the area scout because that's the guy that is connecting that prospect to the head coach, to the coordinator, to the general manager, and obviously to the owner, to where everybody feels comfortable. You know, agreeing with the area scouts initial projection evaluation of that prospect and then they'll give them to the reporters to say here's why we picked them yes he's from Tulane but man Bo Peep he's got the size the <laughs> athleticism the length the you know he's obviously played at a very high level when given opportunities yes they don't really throw the ball to like the NFL level in Conference USA but th- but don't look at that like mm-hmm. he just got the trait you know mm-hmm. and he's a good kid and we think he might be something in year two or year three they came out with my, like when they selected both of your keys. I was like, okay, I, 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 I can, I can take this information. I can, I can understand it. They brought, me, they brought, I think it was Pat uh, Sperduzzi, and they, they brought him out. And he was like, hey man, a uh, couple years in Central Michigan, you're in Michigan. We think he's rotational. We, we think we got some. And I was like, dog, that <laughs> I'm not sold. I'm not sold. But this is a credit to Brendan Daly. Steve Spagnuolo, the, the coaching staff on the defensive side of the ball, to get the player to be ready without a preseason, without all the offseason usual work, to have Mike Dana be somebody who could take information and they could actually apply it on the field. And we always forget that when talking about draft prospects outside the second round. You take somebody in the third round, we just think that that's the finished product, and that is not the case. You have to tie the scout, the front office, and the coaching staff together to make that player obviously be productive. And clearly, like, they would have taken Legereus Need, I think, in the third round if they could do a do-over. Hmm. But they, they got him in the fourth because they identified more than other teams. Yes, he played corner most of his career, but he played safety last year because they literally had nobody back there. Right. So, hey, Louisiana Tech says, 
hey, man, the only way we're not going to give up 50 points tonight is if Legereus is the last line of defense, okay? And that does not project well towards his NFL career, but I'm not trying to get fired. Are you trying to get fired? Then yeah. put Legereus in the back end. So, you know, you, you, have to, you have to sometimes be imaginative, but you have to sometimes understand the college player situation, what he was asked to do, what the coaching staff was like, we ain't trying to get fired. Did you just see what he was out here doing? And then you have to say, hey, we have a strong coaching staff. We know what he can do on tape, and we know he can take this information and actually apply it to the field at an even faster, higher level of competition. Look, I just explained it in the most digestible way possible, but, dog, that is so hard to understand. Not just about one prospect, but, like, 200 that's going to be in your draft board. It's, it's, It's such a fun process, but you realize for all the luxurious thieves, there's four Jehu Chessons. Yep. And there's also 15 guys who end up, 20 guys who end up on other teams that we never think about ever again. Like, <laughs> I've got, I've had Dane Brugler's draft guide up in a tab on my laptop, like, since the day that it came out. Yep. I'm just going to go to the receivers really quick. I'm going to go to the receivers section because I spent a lot of time there and I like receivers, I like talking about receivers. Um, if the Chiefs take, well, we're going to eventually tonight, spoiler alert, we're going to talk about Amon Ross St. Brown. If he goes to the Titans, I might never think about that man ever again, <laughs> even though I developed a deep opinion on everybody from him on up in this draft class up to this point. I was I was ready to throw it all away for Rashad Bateman, and now the Chiefs aren't going to be anywhere near him anymore, and I'm just never, right. I just won't even think about it. It won't even matter until the Chiefs like, face him at some point. I won't even worry about it. Yeah, it really is like, hey, I saw that girl in like chemistry class. Yes. <laughs> and then I saw her at the local bar and I was like, ooh, okay, we got something here. <laughs> then we went to the club on Saturday night and we danced and then it just she was with somebody, then I moved <laughs> on to history class, then I had some you know, then I had an internship somewhere else, and I never thought of that woman again. It's so true, Josh. Like we, we do some crazy things in this draft process where, look, I love Devin Jenkins. I yes. fell in love with Devin Jenkins knowing he was going to break my heart. Yes. <laughs> I thought I I felt like Jalen Darden and I, the receiver out of North Texas, maybe we were catching a vibe. I know. And also, know. he might never be relevant to me ever again ever for the again. rest of my life. You know, it, it's like there's a reason why college is so special, kids, just because you're exposed <laughs> to so many people. And then in four years, you're like, who was that again? Are they on Facebook? Look up their Facebook. What's their last name? They get married. They got kids. They got kids. They got kids. Like you just, you just all of a sudden wake up one day and you're like, that person looks familiar. I just can't put my finger on it. And then you're like, oh, because she was with yo. But then like, but we thought, oh my god. So like, it's it's such a fun process. Uh, Who's the who's the let me tell you. Let me tell you someone who I'm starting to flirt with from a football eye candy standpoint. I hear you. Who, who's the wide receiver from Oklahoma State again? From Oklahoma State. Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna find that. I got the, I got it all up here. Got it all up while we're down to the draft board a little bit. Uh, Tylon Wallace. Oh, now <laughs> he's not he's not great at anything, but he's good at everything. And so, again, I'm not saying. You're going to take her to prom, but what I am saying is you can have a great summer. You can just have a great summer. Like, it could just be great. Or, you know, she could find somebody else more attractive or more witty or more whatever. Like, hey, you know, his whatever. Like, 
and then you 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 respect their decisions. <laughs> and so, and I, then you go back home to Demarcus Robinson, and you guys figure it out. Exactly, and you just <laughs> say, "Hey, you know how it is this time in the spring. You know, you just start. <laughs> you just start. You just start planning ahead and not realizing who grinded with you in you know October, November, December, and January. I, I, I completely get it. I completely get it. I just look. I really like Wallace. I'm also, like, digging in on the wide receivers, too, right now. <sighs> Tell me this, Josh. Why is Justin Fields all of a sudden gone from the, the most pretty girl to, like, now we worried about her piercing on her, like, <laughs> on her nose ring? Why, why, why are we worried about that? I don't know, man. I don't know what happened to her. I don't know. I can't think. I mean, she just, like, she went away for the summer, and she came back weird, apparently. Like... <laughs> She got into some things. She must have gotten into some things over the summer, but I still like her. I still like Justin Fields. Yeah. I don't want to listen. I don't. I don't want to hang out with Mac Jones. I'm. So, I just don't. I don't feel like we have anything in common. Right. Right. I mean, you know, their interests are expanding. They're seeing the world. I mean, what's <laughs> yeah. wrong with that? You yeah. know, who who cares where they came from? Okay, Ohio. Look. He got out of Ohio State. He's okay. You know, he's one of the good ones, okay? That's what they used to say. Like, like who cares about her family, her background, where she came from? She got out of there, and she's in front of you now. Don't worry about the past. Look to the future, baby. Unless you're the Broncos, and then I think there's a bunch of red flags there that you should really be worried about, and you should let her go. <laughs> you guys should take another lineman or something. Yeah, you, you, got, you, got, you got a lovely understandable, like, completely platonic, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, and you should just, you should just see where that goes. You should just see what developed Teddy Bridgewater. You take yourselves a nice cornerback, and we'll we'll talk to you again, Broncos, in a year or two, and we'll see where you guys are at. Yeah, exactly. That analogy exactly. really got away from us, and also, I think, took us exactly where we needed to be. I feel like that's the best draft coverage that anyone has gotten anywhere all year long. <laughs> this is... These are the, the sad things that come to mind uh, when we get together, and it's always a treat, the joy, just because, look, man, I'm going to be making so many jokes on my couch now now knowing the Chiefs aren't picking in the first round. Yes. Oh, just <laughs> the amount of text we're going to have between yes. one another, I just, I like, I don't want people to see it, but it's it's going to be fun. There will be at least one time, if, if things all go well, there will be at least one time over, uh, over the course of Thursday night where you will text something to Seth and I, and I will say, Nate, I've already screenshotted this. Can I please tweet it? And then you will, <laughs> and then you will answer that question whatever way you're feeling at the moment. And that's my plan. Okay, here, here's, my, here's my last analogy. Okay, okay yes. We all, we, all, we all been there. You know, we all, we all look past this person. They were smart. They were considerate. And then Matt Jones took his glasses off. <laughs> and Kyle Shanahan never looked back. Thank you, Nate. We'll talk again very soon, I imagine. Yes, yes. Anytime, Josh. Uh, Nate Taylor of The Athletic, The Times Ours podcast, just the best person. Period. There's no other qualifier. Just my favorite person to talk to. God. Follow him on Twitter at ByNateTaylor. Uh, his his piece up about the 2017 draft in The Athletic right now is exceptional. Uh, it's a really fun look back at the draft that brought the Chiefs Patrick Mahomes and then very little else. And there's a new episode of Times Ours. Uh, either out now or it will be out probably while we're laughing. I bet, I bet it's out now. I bet it's been published.
Pretty sure it is. Uh, I haven't I haven't tweeted about it, but I think it, uh, boom, got the notification. There it is. So uh, you can hear that with myself and Nate Taylor in front of the show, Seth Kaiser. That is up now if you want to hear more from all three of us. And uh, we need to take a break. Beard, can we do two segments this hour? Mm, we can. I would love that. Okay. We'll take a break. When everybody come back, we'll still have enough time to stretch out our wings a little bit, talk about a few of the prospects that Nate and I just touched on there. And then also, we all have mock drafts. I don't know if we'll do it next or if we'll do it after we talk to Jordan Foote, who will join us in 20 minutes from now. And uh, and somewhere in there, we'll have all three of our mock drafts. We'll talk about some, we'll just talk some ding-dang NFL draft. We'll do that on the other side of the break here on Sports Radio 810. It's the NFL Draft Preview Show brought to you by the Operating Engineers Local 101 Apprentice Program. Learn to operate all types of heavy equipment and specialized construction machinery. Call today at 816-640-2336.